Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to TrailerCast this week. Um, do me a favor. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, seriously, go back and listen to last week's. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, and here's why. I, I think it might be one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded. Um, it was, I think, like rescuing, the, rescuing vulnerability from the power of negativity, and it I don't know. It was like one of those episodes where I was like, yeah, that was it. That was like, it was good and big and passionate. And there were expletives, which typically means like I was really feeling it. So if you haven't listened, go back and start there because it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Some other things, you guys, I'm going to start with some announcements this week because I sometimes get so excited about the opportunity to start talking to you that I forget to actually mention things that are going on that you might also be interested in. So I'm going to take a moment to do some like just family announcements as if we were sitting around the table and I needed to let you know what was going on for the week. Um, first up is a mind body event that I'm going to be hosting in um, San Juan Capistrano, July 20th. You guys, this is going to be a two-hour event, and the whole idea is that I'm partnering up with my friend Aurora, and she is a yoga instructor. We're going to be doing this thing where we get together on a Saturday for two hours to talk all about pairing our core beliefs with our core strength. So I'm going to take the first spot and we're going to be going through understanding how our core beliefs are developed, what they are, where they come from, um, what happens when they are negative and working against us, and how can we convert those into working core beliefs so that way we can, um, I want to say this in like a less buzzwordy way, like be ourselves like, and be ourselves in fullness and in freedom and in ways that allow us to say yes to the things that are going on around us and in us and through us. So there's 50 spots available for this event. Um, tickets are $47 um, and it's two hours and it's going to be in San Juan and I'd love to have you. So we're going to be focusing on the intersection of mind and body, and it's going to be beautiful. So I want to personally invite you to come to be there, bring a friend um, and your yoga mat and some yoga friendly clothes, because we are going to go through some different like mental exercises and demonstrations um, experientially. And then we're going to hop into like the body work and be able to kind of like, root or anchor the things that we've been learning and experiences into our body. It's going to be bitching. So um, you can buy tickets at Eventbrite. Um, you can also look on my website or Instagram and my profile. You guys would love to see you and meet you and get to show you some of the fun things we've been working on. Other announcement, um, my favorite, as always, will always have my, my favorite spot, weekends. Okay, I have one spot left for August, and I've got three spots left in September, and that's it for 2019. If you are new here, weekends are private retreats that I lead in Dana Point, and it is the culmination of, of all of my own work in a weekend. So we take three days to really press into your story, to help you take stock of your past, of your present, of your future, 
We do a deep dive into kind of where you come from and what things make you you, what core beliefs are, how they've been formed, how to convert them, um, and then some super practical ways to stay in motion with your work so that you can keep in practice with what you learn at weekends. You guys, this, there's a reason this is my favorite thing. There's a reason it's my favorite thing to do. I get a whole weekend with you in person where we get to do some really good big work. See, weekends is where I see people make the most amount of change in the shortest amount of time. So if you are looking to get a running start, just come to weekends. If you have felt stuck in your work and you want some clarity or effective ways forward, come to weekends. If you want to connect and really take care of your stuff, come to weekends. Wherever you are on your journey towards wholeness and understanding and freedom, weekends is a beautiful way to do this work. And so some of the main questions I get are, um, yes, you can already be in therapy. And no, you don't already have to be in therapy. People who have come this year have been between the ages of 22 and 74. Everyone gets their own room. There's only five people per weekend and everything is provided for you. It's super intimate. It's super thorough. It is super magical. I cannot say enough about it. Um, And so I wanted to read actually something that someone else said about it this year. This is a review from Morgan. I can't say enough good things about Elise and the work that she is doing. It truly is magical, and it was a blessing to work with her. Weekends gifted me with a renewal in my spirit I can't describe. I am sure most that seek out a year's worth of therapy in a weekend have reached a point where they completely need that revival of self. I started following TrailerCast and signed up for weekends soon after hearing her speak at an event. I found she spoke in imagery and metaphors, and it was like she was speaking my language. I had been doing a lot of hard work in therapy already, and I have come a long way. But even in the process of growing, I got to a stuck place and got paralyzed. Then some things I wasn't quite ready for were moving forward without me. It was a very hard time. So I went to weekends and not only found a way forward, but found a new, more connected and grounded sense of self. Looking in from the outside, sharing your heart with strangers sounds intimidating. But honestly, it was freeing to be able to share with people that were also sharing. It was a privilege to hear their stories as well. We were able to encourage and support each other. There was no judgment and only support from fellow attendees, and Elise was there to guide us every step and encourage us all through. Every detail was thought out in exactly what needed to be there. Elise is warm and wise and speaks her heart into people and validates them where they are over and over again. She is real, wholehearted, and not afraid to get down in the dirt and do the work with you. It has been an honor to meet her and to have been able to do hard work and make progress in the process. And this is why weekends right there, exactly what was put into words. (laughs) So if you're on the fence about weekends, get in touch with me, DM me, email me. I would love to help answer any questions you have. You guys, weekends is incredible. I don't know how else to, to say it. Sometimes that's why it's nice to be able to borrow other people's words and to tell you more about it because it's it is something so much bigger than I ever could have imagined that it has become. And I'm so freaking thankful to be able to actually get to do that kind of work. So um, to those of you who came this year to weekends, thank you. You make what I do beautiful. Okay, for today. <laughs> today, we're talking about nothing. Yep, you heard me. Today, we're talking about nothing. The power of nothing. <laughs> See, as a mom right now, nothing feels like gangster, right? Like I had my boss a couple years ago ask me, Elise, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> what are you going to listen to in the car when you're alone? Nothing. <laughs> the, the power of nothing 
and I mean it, you guys, there is a thing within us that desires to have nothing. Nothing, just quiet, just space. Now, if you are an extrovert and fear being alone, I know that even within you, there is a desire for a morsel of good nothing. And the problem right now with being a part of Western culture and or our society is that everything is so stinking fast paced and everything about Western culture and civilization has set us up to forget the question and it keeps us from our nothing. So here's what I mean. In Western architecture, literature, media, movies, art, everything comes to a, f- a finalized focal point, to an ending. Think about the way that books are written. There's a problem. There's a hero and there's a solution. You think about, um, even let's say even gardening. If you're walking down a long path, there's a fountain at the end. Like there's something that takes up space at the end. In literature, our books end. We understand that, they, that there's finality. We understand what happens. It's concrete. We aren't left wondering, unless there's like going to be a season two or a book two or whatever. But in everything that we are engaged in, we crave subconsciously this idea of things ending and that there being a something that finalizes that. Okay, but now in, in Eastern philosophy, culture, architecture, whatever, there is space for nothing. So books don't end with a, and then they wrote off happily ever after, forever, amen, the end. <laughs> There's mystery. We don't know what happened. It invites us to consider it to wonder. And now as, as Westerners, if you're an American, you're listening to this right now, you're like, oh my God, I have so much anxiety over the fact that that story didn't end or that show didn't end. That's because of, West, of our Western civilization. It's a thing about us. There is tension in the idea of something not being finished. We want to close the gap. We want to like button that thing up. We want to, to stop and make that something come to an end. We don't like that feeling of something being unresolved. But again, in this, in the other half of the world, the way the rest of the world lives, is that there is this invitation into profound questioning and into a nothing space that does not invoke anxiety, but invokes a sense of like connection to something bigger than self, like an invitation to peace. And I know that this is maybe sounding well, actually, I don't know how it's sounding. I can imagine that this is sounding like woo-woo or strange or, or, or a unique episode, but I've been doing some pretty big contemplation on the idea of nothing and the need for it as it is juxtaposed to all of the something that is in our life. So on a side note, this is important for us because it opens us up to more than what is in front of us every single day. It's a way for us to practice consciousness. It makes us more available, more open-minded, more able to enjoy what is happening around us. And all of these things reduce anxiety and depression. They make for more meaningful social connection, which again leads to a greater sense of identity and feeling known, connected, and understood, which is what all of us as human beings are looking for. So yes, I think mindfulness as the answer to everything, (laughs) but kind of overgeneralizing and kind of totally serious. The power of nothing. We need nothing in order to understand or something. How often do you do nothing? And I mean like totally nothing. See, today we're up at our family cabin in the Ortegas, the Ortega Mountains, and we were sitting in the river just doing nothing. And I thought like, well, the kids were playing in the water, so they were doing something. But my husband and I are just sitting there just like, what the heck? 
when was the last time we just sat here? Like, where we weren't on our phones, we weren't watching TV, we weren't, we weren't, like, solving the world's problems, we weren't, like, catching up, we weren't, we weren't even really talking, and we weren't doing, we were just, we just were. It, it was, like, slowing way down. See, society is moving so fast, and ideas are moving so fast, and cars are moving so fast, and our calendars, and all the things we're supposed to do, all of it is in motion, and all of it is something. And so to do the opposite can feel crazy, or lazy, or pointless, or directionless, or strange, or like, why would we do that? What is this nothing? There can be existential anxiety that happens when we pause to stop. But if we haven't had meaningful nothing, intentional, beautiful, and ironically full nothing, then we tend to eye it wryly from the corner of the room. Okay, kind of suspicious and not sure if it is for us. Like what I'm saying today is that we can experience meaningful nothing without deciding to also wear drop crotch pants and sage the room, wear crystals, smell like patchouli, grow our dreads out, and make our own hemp bracelets. All of which I have done, mind you. So (laughs) what I am saying is that we can borrow from all sorts of practices in our own practice of being human. And so as foreign or woo-woo or weird as this idea of nothing may sound to you or as pointless as it may sound to you, I want you to put on other ears as you think about the idea of nothing being something, of nothing being full, of nothing being this sort of intense like spiritual rest that we need in order to engage all of our other somethings with meaningfulness. Meditation, mindfulness, quiet, the great nothing, solitude, silence, and stillness, the trifecta of spiritual practice to slow way down, solitude, silence, and stillness. If you are at all Enneagrammy, you will notice that these are the three practices suggested for the three different number triads. These practices are suggested for awareness, connection, communion, wisdom, peace. The practice of these individually or collectively creates a sense of general well-being, of inner ease. And the last time I checked, we could all use a little inner ease. Have you done things like this before? Why? Why not? What did you do? What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Is it weird? You like, I want to know. I even asked you this week on Instagram, I asked, what do you do to pour back into yourself after a long week? Like what does rejuvenation or restoration or slowing down and stopping taking care of yourself actually look like? And people shared all sorts of things and I thought it was super cool. They said uh, gardening came up a lot, uh, long baths, naps, cleaning up, organizing, cooking, yoga, reading. See, all these are beautiful practices and they're all ways that we come back to ourselves based on what we need. Because if you've been with me long enough, you know that, that true self-care and true like self-awareness is spontaneous and unique. It is not because everybody likes baths or everybody likes organizing or everybody likes gardening. We'll be stuck in someone else's practice if we're only doing what everybody else is doing. Does that make sense? Like, in order for us to practice entering into our own unique self, in order to take care of ourselves well, we have to do what is actually restorative for us. So if I said gardening and you're like, kill me, then gardening is not for you. If I said organizing your drawers and you're like, barf, then again, that's not restorative for you. Cool. What is? 
Like, what is it for you that allows you to stop and come back to center, back to yourself? You see, in the responses that I heard, people are incredibly creative in finding ways to calm down, to rejoin themselves, to slow down. Because as humans, we are wildly capable of finding all sorts of ways to heal and move towards wholeness all the time without even realizing it. See, we do things like this every day to reduce anxiety subconsciously. We listen to certain types of music or no music. We tune into podcasts like this one or others just to match our mood, to change our mood. We self-soothe all day long in all sorts of ways because life is a lot. It is a lot and it is full of all the somethings. And we need more nothing. More more nothing. I want you to think of art, good art, and the need for negative space. Like literally the absence of something. The negative space in art, while unable to be viewed on its own, takes up necessary space in the context of the greater something. It becomes substance itself when it is accompanied by something, and the something is changed by the nothing as it is given boundaries in its own space. See, negative and positive space in art make up composition. I want you to think about it like this. Metaphorically or metaphysically, nothing and something are necessary and make for healthy composition in our life on the canvas of who we are. I'm going to say that again. When you think about art and true composition, it requires both negative and positive space, both something and nothing. We, as art, as human beings, on our human canvas, have need for both something and nothing in order to have healthy emotional composition. So what are your some things? You can fill that in easily. Your work, your relationships, the things you have to do, your responsibilities, the things you get to do, the things you love. Those are all your some things. People, places, things, objects. But what is your nothing? What's your nothing? What does your negative space look like? Your exhale. Your giant cosmic exhale. What does that balance look like? Your composition. What do you need more of, less of? For the peace to make sense. Today, I want us to think about the idea of nothing being specifically the intersection of solitude, stillness, and silence. To make room for some exceptionally restorative negative space. For inherently good nothing. Full nothing, even. See, because the absence of something makes room for nothing, which makes room for something else. I know you guys just go with me and maybe rewind and listen again, depending on how absolutely woo-woo this sounds to you right now. But when we choose to enter into nothing, we are putting a boundary around our somethings and making space for stillness, silence, solitude. And in this nothing, we listen, learn, receive, wonder, consider, experience. In the nothing, something emerges. See, as human beings, we have great biological need for this. Hence sleep, right? Every day, we need sleep. We need nothing. Now, the practice of doing this while awake allows for conscious choosing rather than just to turn off. Because the idea of practicing nothing isn't to avoid something, 
It isn't to just shut off and evaporate. It is to tune in to an even deeper reality, to have even fuller something. This is a practice for personal growth, for mental awareness, for our spiritual well-being, for general well-being. I want to encourage you to think more about these concepts and to engage them experientially this week. That is the difference between the two different types of knowledge. The knowledge of knowing intellectually, I learned it. The knowledge of knowing experientially, because I had it. I felt it. I know it. A priori, a posteriori knowledge. I love those words and the difference in understanding that terminology so we can understand the difference of what it means to know. To know nothing. To know something. To experience that what happens when we put those back into our lives with greater composition and balance how rich and full our somethings are and how clear and defined our nothing can be and how much we need both but how often we forsake the nothing and make room for an overwhelming amount of something which I think is leading, leading us to such great anxiety and a feeling like we are never enough that we are never going to get there. We're always outliving ourselves, this keeping up with the Joneses um, philosophy that is just killing our society. You guys, we need nothing. The power of nothing. But ultimately, our, we need mindfulness and we need more nothing in order to invoke greater well-being. It is one of the number one things as far as mental wellness practitioners that we can give to the people that we work with is the opportunity to stop, to slow down, and to be with our things because we spend so much of our time avoiding the things. And so creating room for those things in that nothing space allows us to heal intrinsically and inherently within ourselves. Um, if you have questions about today's episode, um, meet me this week on Instagram. I'm going to go do a live demonstration of what the practice of nothing looks like. And then I want to hear your questions and I want to do something together with you. So choose a day this week and set yourself up for success as much as possible. Okay, like here's some brief things. If you're going to practice this mindfulness, practice nothing, practice a meditation, don't be hungry. Okay, don't have to go to the bathroom also. Don't also, have your phone next to you. Don't be tired or whatever else is going to take you out of the flow of this practice. Decide how long you want to practice this nothing. You could do this for 30 seconds. I'm not kidding. A minute. I don't care. However it's going to be, I want you to consider what the what this practice might be like for you to, to practice it successfully. And then you'll just stop and breathe and allow your thoughts to flow until they slow. See if you can focus them to just nothing. Like when you scroll through your Instagram and you scroll all the way so you're caught up, you just kind of keep letting your thoughts scroll until they're done. The point isn't mastery, it's practice. You can use your breath to come back to the now, the now of nothing, of what is and what isn't, of what has been, of what will be, of whatever happens, breathing in, breathing out. I'll tell you what, since you're already here and already into this super bizarre place with me, why don't you take a moment right now to practice this? I'm going to pause for 30 seconds. That's just half a minute. And let's experience nothing together. Okay, and if you don't want to, just fast forward and we'll meet you on the other side. Okay? With an open mind, let's take a moment to make room within ourselves for nothing. No pointed finish. No scripted ending. Just practice. Take a breath. Here we go.
Okay. Take another breath. How was your nothing? Relaxing? Weird? Loud? You know what is interesting about this whole thing? How it was is not the point. The fact that it happened at all is the point. The true ability to enter into here and now just as we are breathing in, breathing out, making room for whatever will be. You guys, in 30 seconds, our thoughts are just beginning to quiet. They race and then they slow, race and then they slow. We can play with the time because the time isn't the point. The practice is the point. So you guys, I know that this episode has been unique and I am not even going to pretend that it is not. So let me tie it all back together for us. This whole practice of nothing, it is the same thing as peace. The absence of anxiety, the absence of doubt, the absence of pain, the absence of loneliness. In this nothing is an everythingness. We are longing for this. It's like a homecoming, if you will, a collective exhale and joining. To practice this, to join nothing, is fullness. So now I'm wanting to qualify everything and I want to say with with facts and stats and how mindfulness and mental wellness are connected, but I'm not. Instead, I'm just going to keep inviting you back to the space of reflection, to an experience to let you notice what shifts in you when you take time for nothing. Back to this opportunity just to get a little weird and to do things you don't normally do because it's us and we're free and we can and it's good to try new things and because why not? Honestly, what have you got to lose? So if you were here with me in the trailer, I would just make this as normal as humanly possible for you. I would do it together with you so you didn't have to feel as weird. I would lead you into a place of nothing so that you could meet yourself. So you could breathe deeply of good. I would encourage you to keep practicing. I hope today in the space gave you a moment of consideration that there is a whole lot of stuff out here we know nothing about. And in that nothing is great mystery, great good, great wonder. And you are a part of this great nothing, this great something, this great everything. Let's live into that. Until next time, my friend. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.